0: I am Domenico Laporta, the editor of SineEuropa.org, your number one resource for European industry content published daily in four languages. In today's episode, brought to you by Cineuropa and Eurimage, we are discussing the documentary film Theatre of Violence, previously called Defending Onguin, directed by Emil Langballe and Lukasz Konopa. And to speak about this co-production between Denmark and Germany, I have the pleasure to welcome the two co-producers, Ele and Erik. Welcome, guys. A little introduction is needed before we go any further, starting with you, Elle. You are representing the company Made in Copenhagen.
1: Yes, my name is Helle Faber. I've been a producer for nearly 20 years. And uh, almost 12 years ago, I founded the production company Made in Copenhagen, We do international uh, co-productions and on social and political topics. And uh, we also do uh, a kind, uh, a lot of uh, uh, Danish topics as well for more local audiences. So we have like a broad, a broad, broad slate of, of a variety of, uh, yeah, of different films uh, for, for different markets.
0: Thank you. Eric, this is your turn now. Tell us everything about you and your company, Corso Film, in Germany. I'm
2: um, Eric Winker, from, uh, producer at the company Corso Film. We have two offices in Cologne and in Stuttgart, in the south of Germany. And we are also mainly producing documentaries um and a feature length uh, theatrical documentaries um and we also look for very kind of author driven stories uh, for real kind of special handwritings uh, kind of really um and and special artistic approaches so this is our main part of our work, and we do also a lot of german productions uh debut films um of first time directors here in Germany, but also We are involved in a lot of international co-productions, both um, on a majority basis and minority basis. So,
0: Ele, tell us a little bit about the topic of the film Theatre of Violence. What is it about?
1: So, Theatre of Violence is about um, a huge question, basically. It's about uh, a person uh, and whether he can... You can be a victim and a perpetrator at the same time. That's the main topic of this film. The setting is the International Criminal Court in Den Haag, where we have uh, uh, been allowed to follow uh, the first case against an ex-child soldier called Dominic Ongwen. Dominic Ongwen was... Uh, just under uh, Kony in the Lord Resistant Army, who has been, uh, that we know from, from the Ugandan Civil War. And uh, whereas Kony is still out there in the bush, Dominic Ongwen actually gave himself in at one point and was uh, taken to uh, Den Haag, or The Hague, where he has been uh, prosecuted for his, uh, his war crimes. So we're following this case, Um, and we are following his defense lawyer because what actually turned up and showed uh, when we looked into this case was a really, really, really complex story. Not only about being a child soldier, but also about uh, historic uh, Uganda and how that country has been affected by colonialism. And I would say up till today, so, um, um, Dominic Anguin, he was himself, uh, abducted at the age of nine by Lord Resistant Army. He was brainwashed with the spiritualism and he was turned into some kind of a killer machine. He has been doing, I mean, all the most, um, disgusting things you can imagine, uh, because this was what he was uh, taught how to do. So what the case is about is that uh, the the International Criminal Court has to decide if he is a perpetrator or is he in fact uh, just another victim himself.
0: This is a topic that is not specifically connected to Denmark, uh, not to Derm- uh, Germany either. Uh, how did you come across it? What decided you to pick it up and to, to, to make a film about it?
1: It was actually uh, one of the directors, Emil Langballe, who had been working on a TV production that took place in Uganda. And when he went there and saw how... So many children were abducted from the villages and uh, turned into child soldiers. He thought there was a really, really uh, important topic here. And at the same time, Lucas Konoba, who is a Polish director, uh, he's been working a lot in Uganda. Uh, he's been teaching at uh, film school. So instantly the two of them had some connection to the country that they wanted to explore.
0: Thank you, Eric. At at what moment did you jump on board?
2: It was actually in 2019 uh, at CPH Docs in Copenhagen, uh, where the project was pitched um, and where I saw it in the in the CPH Forum. And I was really immediately um, intrigued. It was really it was a great pitch, a very intriguing story. And from everything I saw also in the trailer and from what I heard, I really Wanted to be involved, and I, in a way, I chased uh, Heidi and Helle a little bit at the time at the festival, and said, "I'm only here for one more day. I would need to meet you. I want to be, <laughs> I want to be involved in the project." And uh, then we met um, on a very noisy party, I remember, and uh, it was hard, very difficult to understand each other. But I think it was quite quick that we found a really good way of understanding. And uh, actually, I, I think we agreed pretty fast, actually, to, um, to do it together.
0: That's quite a challenge, yes. You mentioned briefly the, the financing part. How much of a budget did you have to, to, to pull together to, to make a film like this?
1: So the total budget is uh, just around 1,030,000 euros, which is quite, quite high. Um so obviously we needed uh, a lot of of uh, different funding to to get this uh, film um up and running and what was really important for us was uh, to to get Eric on board because he was actually able to to give us some substantial support from Germany
2: What kind of support uh, Eric From our side, uh, we uh, could step in with uh, the Arte Department of ZDF uh, from the broadcaster side and also with our regional fund here in our uh, region in the west of Germany, which is Film- und Medienstiftung NRW, which is the regional fund. And um, they also support the project, luckily, which was great. So then we could kind of uh, bring, I think, all together was something like 210,000 euros, I think, uh, together to the film.
0: And the rest of the financing, Ellie?
1: We developed for a long time and for the development we had like the Danish Film Institute and some local funds in Denmark. Also we had Creative Europe and the Danish Foreign Ministry to support all that uh, development. Uh, and for the production we have a number of uh, broadcasters, DR, uh, ZDF Arte, as Eric already mentioned, uh, Polish TV, Swiss TV, Swedish TV, Norwegian uh, VGTV, which is a streaming service in Norway, and um, and Nordic Film and TV Fund, of course, as well. Uh, so and on, and with all this support from Germany, we we were able to uh, apply for the Eurimages uh, also.
0: What was the amount of the grant?
1: That was 150 thousand euros.
0: Okay, so just around ten percent of the budget, and you also have a sales agent on board, Dogwoof. Uh, did they uh, put money up front or what kind of deal do you have with them?
1: They came in with uh, with a minimum guarantee of uh, ten thousand euro, and they did that quite early. That was, uh, I th- we we had, we made an agreement at the same pitch forum at Copenhagen Docks where we met Eric. So that was that was pretty early in the process.
0: What is the status of the film today?
1: We are uh, in the post-production phase. Yeah. We are right now waiting for the final approval from uh, the ICC. We go through some approval processes with them, of course, because you have to sign. You have to sign a contract with them. Uh, uh, you know, not uh, not bringing information out in the open uh, before the final appeal is done and, and stuff like that and uh, so it, it's it's a process uh, so we, we're now waiting for the final approval with the ICC and uh, and after and, and at the same time we're also waiting you know for the last archive to get cleared and then we can do the final sound the final grading and then we should be fine
0: so that means that the trial in Den Hague came to an end and to a decision. Towards Dominique Ongwin?
1: Not totally. We are still waiting for the appeal, uh, but we don't expect anything new to actually come out of the appeal. It's more like uh, the same arguments that will come up again, maybe with some more some some more substantial argument from both sides. Uh, so, and also we don't expect the outcome of the appeal to be like very different from what where we are at now. So. For us, the film is about the process more about the outcome, if that makes sense. It's about uh, the process of actually prosecuting an ex child soldier. How did he get, how did he end up in that courtroom? And, and uh, what is his background for this? And that all, you know, digs into the story of Uganda. What is the, the the historic background for Uganda to actually have one child soldier ending up in a courtroom in Den Haag. So, so it's more about that. So if the uh, appeal should change dramatically, we will just put it in the end uh, of the film because it's not really about the the, the results.
0: So there was a fair deal of investigation uh, from the, the both filmmakers, um, did they also talk to, to Dominic Ongwen? I guess not.
1: No, we didn't talk directly to Dominic Ongwen. Uh, only through his lawyer, uh, we were able to, to, to make a few questions for him. So, But we do have him in the film because he's uh, speaking in court. And that we have included in the film. He's uh, he's, he's, uh, he's making a speech in court about what he thinks about the case.
0: Does the film highlight the differences between what was Uganda then and what Uganda is now? Um, is it something that is one of the topics of the film? Because you were mentioning that a lot of the film was also shot there.
1: The conflict in Uganda, it has its uh, root in colonialism. When the British left the country, they sort of just draw some lines on a map, divided the country into north and south, Uh not really taking into account the people who were living around that line. So there's been a lot of conflicts and civil wars going on in Uganda, but um, and, and it's a long and complicated story. But uh, the thing was that uh, the governmental party was so brutal to people from the north that the Lord's Resistance Army was uh, was invented by... Joseph Kony at some point. Both sides are equally um, violent. And uh, they do the same kind of atrocities against one another. Um, And this is why, you know, some northern people think that the trial is really unfair, because why is Museveni, the sitting president of Uganda, not on trial? So uh this is this is what the the, the film also is about.
0: Eric I, I have a question about Germany um back to the the financing part uh, is there any challenge to produce and finance um, a film that has no specific cultural topic with uh, with the region with the with, uh, uh the the funding partners uh and that is also not shot in uh, on the territory uh, is it is it difficult to to Uh, get some money for a film like that in Germany? Mm
2: -hmm. Yes, actually, it really depends on where you're applying. So here in our region at Film und Medien Stiftung NRW, we have a very strong and supportive partner uh, concerning uh, documentaries. And we have a production landscape also here in the region with a long tradition of international co-productions. So this is something that is kind of um, really... um, Um, something which is made quite often over here. Um, and so obviously it also really depends on the, on the regional spend. So, uh, this is a. A fund that requests regional spend. Um, if you are applying, uh, which means we uh, brought in a second cameraman, for example, and also the um, part of the post production was done over here. Just in the last weeks, uh, we did the color correction over here. The mu- uh, the music composer is from our region, and obviously also us. So, which means we kind of brought some uh, regional impact in, which is also very important, especially that there's also impact. Um, uh, from the creative side, so um, which is important for such an application, so and that's why. But we really have to say, as I said before, uh, Film und Medienstiftung NRW is uh, very supportive regarding um, uh, documentaries in general, which is great. So,
1: I think increasingly it's becoming more and more difficult to finance uh, films like this uh, because it's an audience. Audience-wise, it's uh, it, the audience are smaller for, for films like this uh, of uh, strong social and political uh, issues. And the slots are getting less and less uh, if you look at the broadcasters. The huge streaming services, they all say that they want to do something different than uh, 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 true crime, but... You know, in reality, they don't really. <laughs> so.
0: Yeah, but in a way, in a way, this is also true crime. I mean, it's uh, it's massive uh, true crime.
1: There are obstacles, uh, really st- strong and stronger obstacles to to do films like this, which is also why it's so extremely important that the huge funds are still around to support films like this, because I think in the future there will be less and less. Elise. And which is also why it's so absolutely necessary to find go, a good co-production partners like, uh, like Eric and Corso Film and build a relationship and hopefully do more of them because we, you, there's no way one producer can find the financing alone to do a film like this anymore. It's just not possible.
0: Which leads me to another question that is uh, sometimes complicating things even more. Is the film shot in one of uh, your original languages, like German or or, or, uh, or um, uh, Danish, or is it an English language film?
1: It's shot in English and in um, uh, different uh, Ugandan languages, like Acholi is one of them, and I can't really remember the other one. But we're used to that in Denmark. So little films are made in Danish. I mean, of, of course, we do we do films in our own language to, to a Danish audience uh, mainly, but we are so accustomed to subtitles, so it's not really a problem here.
0: So what are the next steps now? You were mentioning that you are w- waiting for uh, final approvals, and then do you plan to go on the festival round, or is it going straight to television?
1: We are definitely going for 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 some of the bigger festivals. We are really hoping that one of the major A festivals will have the world premiere for this uh, film. Uh, we think artistically, it's uh, it's really of uh, of high quality. Uh, the cinematography is maybe some of the best we have done in my company. I think uh, it's shot by Kasper um, Schubach from Poland. And he's uh, he's just an amazing uh, cinematographer. So, uh, yeah, I think it has really, really high production value. So we will cross our fingers that one of the big festivals will pick it up for, for world premiere. It's shot in English and in um, a, a couple of different uh, Ugandan languages, like Acholi is one of them, and I can't really remember the other one. But there are a couple of uh, Ugandan languages, and English. But we're used to that in Denmark. So little films are made in Danish. I mean, of, of course, we do we do films in our own language to, to a Danish audience uh, mainly, but we are so accustomed to subtitles, so it's not really a problem here.
0: So what are the next steps now? You were mentioning that you are w- waiting for uh, final approvals and then do you plan to go on the festival round or is it going straight to television?
1: We are definitely going for, for, for some of the bigger festivals. We are really hoping that one of the major A festivals will have the world premiere for this uh, film. Uh, we think artistically it's uh, it's really of, uh, of high quality. Uh, the cinematography is maybe some of the best we have done in my company. I think uh, it's shot by Kasper um, Schuback from Poland, and he's uh, he's just an amazing uh, cinematographer. So, uh, yeah, I think it has really really high production value. So we will cross our fingers that one of the big festivals will pick it up for for world premiere.
2: And what um, what just said regarding co-production. So uh, I think this is. I totally agree that it's so important uh to do these kind of films uh, on an international level and on a co production level um because you really need to join forces for these kind of uh, projects because it's getting more and more difficult to get them financed only out of one country and um to to really kind of create this production value that Helle just mentioned and um so this is um and 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 that's one thing and obviously. On the other hand, it's it's also just um, fun, to be honest, to work internationally. So I really enjoy doing international co-productions. I have to say, and uh, and we are working with a lot of partners also on the second, third, and fourth film together, and uh, which is great because obviously you have big trust, and uh, and and once you did one or two films together, it goes so much easier also, and you have this kind of sustainable um, uh, connection. Uh, with partners in different countries. So this is perhaps something I want to add regarding co-productions.
0: Thank you. It's already time to conclude this conversation. If you enjoyed this episode, you should subscribe for more. Just look for the co-production podcast on Apple Music, Spotify, Google, or any other podcast platform that has your preference. I want to thank Creative Europe for supporting Cineuropa over the years and Eurimage, of course, for backing up this podcast for the second season in a row. And of course, Ele and Eric, thank you so much for accepting to be our guests today. It was really a pleasure to have you. So please keep making films and we'll keep enjoying watching them. Thank you.